All right, how we doing today, boys and girls? This is Who's to Blame, the podcast. And I'm your host, Dre Montez, and we're being brought to you by a title sponsor, The Weed Squad, St. Louis. Feel free to get a complete listing of all the sponsors by visiting www.dremontez.com. There are several ways you can follow the podcast. We have a Facebook page, Who's to Blame? Instagram, Who's to Blame the Podcast? Twitter, at W2B, Dre Montez. YouTube, Dre Montez. And TikTok, Dre Montez 63. We're trying to spread our wings out here and get acclimated and all the little things that are going on. I'm not making too many crazy videos, but you know what we got to do. Some things are like that and some things are not. But most importantly, if it's your first time listening to my podcast, I really do appreciate it. We also do a live stream as well on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. And we post our live stream on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And it's called Montez at Midday. Coming to you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. There you go, right there. Well, kids, I've heard this in debates, TV shows, barbershop, laundromat, water cooler talk, she sheds, man caves, whatever it may be. But whether you're defending it, whether you're debating it, or whether you're making a point or challenging the situation, no matter what, I think this is the greatest sports word ever. It's called if. It's the greatest word in sports, if. Think about all your debates you had across the board when it comes to the word, when it comes to sports. There's always the if. If if we can get past the injuries, if this didn't happen, if this would have happened, if we would have got that guy. When people are debating sports, they say if more than anything. And it's hilarious to me that the word if comes up in sports so much because we always say if, if was a fit, we'd both be drunk. You know, there's different scenarios when it comes to that, that whole if factor. But my thing is this, as a, but you need that if though to get that that argument to start that point. I mean, I, I see it from both sides when you use the word if, when you're debating sports or trying to make your point across. Speaking here locally, it's World Series time. We have if and a whole lot of things, St. Louis Cardinal baseball fans do. Let's say back in 1985 in the I-70 World Series, you had the St. Louis Cardinals facing off against Kansas City Royals. But prior to that, we had a freak accident with the St. Louis Cardinals outfielder, speedster, Vince Coburn. If that would not have happened, there's no telling what that World Series would have turned out to be. But it, the World Series came down to a Major League Baseball umpire thinking the game was all about him and put his own integrity in front instead of the game of baseball with that blown, horrible call in a 1985 World Series. But that's the if factor. If you go to Blues Hockey, we had some if situations. We were up 3-1 on certain teams in the playoff finals. But certain things happen. And in the world of football, it's all kind of if situations that went down. All kind. If Scott Norwood would have made one field goal in the Super Bowl, would that have shifted the alter, the kill switch of the competitive nature of the NFL? Just think about that Dallas Cowboys Buffalo Bills Super Bowl, if this wouldn't have happened. 
we can take it a step further and move on up down the line here. We'll never forget what Pete Carroll did. Marshawn Lynch never will either. The sonic boom never will either. But if Pete Carroll would have called the right play and the Seattle Seahawks would have won that Super Bowl over the New England football Patriots and Tom Brady, I wonder if Tom Brady would have retired by then, by now, if that would have happened. If the Atlanta Falcons would have held on to that 28-3 to lead and won that Super Bowl, where would we be right now with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, it, it always brings up that, that if situation. Not the what if, but the if on playing out the scenario across things across the board, from Major League Baseball to the NFL to hockey to the NBA. I mean, if Kevin Durant foot was back, would Giannis in the Milwaukee Bucks have would have won the NBA championship? I mean, it's a whole lot of things that come up when that word if is brought out. But I really thought, thinking back, that that is probably one of the greatest sports words that there is out there, and it's if. You can play this game with your family members, your friends, your coworkers, your children, your loved ones. Just play the if game in sports and see who comes out on top in that situation. I bet it's one of those things where you're going to be like, wait a minute, we got to start keeping score on this one. I'm not talking about the tragedy stories, you know, the if Glenn Bias would have survived. Not, no, not like that. But just the th- there's certain things in sports that happen. You just say to yourself, if that wouldn't happen, I, I just wonder what. What would be what would the the sports spear be at right now if a lot of these scenarios would not have happened in hockey if they would have diagnosed Sidney Crosby the right way? I wonder where he would be right now if they would have diagnosed him the right way instead of the misdiagnosis of the concussion, but he actually had a broken neck. I still don't believe that happened at all. And don't get me started on that. I'm not a physician, but I did stay at a Holiday Express last night type moment here. But that if factor is very critical when you're debating, defending, and showing your love and appreciation and passion for the world of sports. Because if is a big word when it comes to debating in the world of sports. Again, this is Dre Montez, and this is Who's to Blame, the podcast. Thank you again for tuning in to this. Really do. And it's also the best time of the year right now, kids. You're getting all of the love of sports. You're getting it all right now. Sports is kind of looking like uh, the perfect date, the ideal situation. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning type moment. And it just makes you happy and giddy all over. Everybody is being satisfied right now in the world of sports. The attendance in hockey may not show it. The outplay and output of NBA players might be showing it right now. We're in limited time with Major League Baseball, but let's enjoy this World Series for what it is and what it's worth with these matchups. A lot of numbers behind the numbers, a lot of history. The narrative is great in this matchup. Just behind the scenes and knowing what both front offices have done on their path to making it to the World Series since the All-Star break. The way that the Braves re-altered their outfield after Acuna went down the way the bang on the trash can cheat team changed their bullpen. It's just been an impressive story to watch. What also impresses me, I want to see what the narrative behind the scenes on the team on the team that banged the trash can. Yeah, I know that happened a few years ago, but here's my thing. It happened. 
in the way Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred stated it, his body language, the Houston Astros' body language, they basically didn't give two fucks what they did. It, they didn't care. And they I, I'm not going to bring up everything that they did, but it was pretty egregious to the levels that they went to to win the World Series. And they got a slap on the wrist. A slap on the wrist. And earlier this year, we heard of other allegations by the team that bangs the trash can from other Major League Baseball teams and players about them possibly, hold on, wait for it, throwing the spitball, which is illegal in Major League Baseball now. So now I'm wondering, we've always heard stories after people get caught in crime and in the world of sports committing a crime or there's egregious behavior going on. We've always heard about their investigative field. Who's there? What are they doing? Who's keeping an eye on this game of baseball while the game is being played? So apparently the eyes on baseball on this World Series matchup between the team that bangs on the trash can and the Atlanta Braves. So if that is the situation, let's just say the team that bangs on the trash can gets caught again. What's going to happen then? And if, if they are caught again, who's to blame for this? Should the fact that the punishment for the email scandal with the St. Louis Cardinals, that wouldn't really, it wasn't really a big deal to a lot of people, but they released, that was secret information on the scouting reports of players they actually have on the team now. And then now we know what they did a few years ago in the World Series. And now with allegations and speculation that, hey, wait a minute, that team is still cheating. Is it always up to the front office, all the way down to the last guy who's getting paid in that organization that's in on it. But if this is the case, could Major League Baseball, what, what could be the most harshest thing that they could do to a team that could be possibly called cheating twice and with the email incident? I mean, that's a lot of things that happen in a 10-year span. And the winning record, the money these players have made, the endorsement deals, stadium upgrades. All this thing factors into cheating because you're, you're doing what? Look at me, look at me, look at me. But if they're cheating again with this spitball allegations, I'm, I'll be very curious to see and understand how Major League Baseball handles this. Would it be one of those things look the other way? Is this a basically a resignation? Another ownership group coming in, rehauling and revamping the whole thing? This is pretty egregious right here, what's going on to get the competitive edge in baseball. There's a lot of tricks up everybody's sleeve. And it's about the integrity of the game. Cheating is cheating. But when you're manipulating the game, that is when it becomes an issue for everybody. It's going to be curious to see. But so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing in this World Series matchup. I don't have a dog in this fight at all. But I would love to see the team Atlanta pull this out. When you have a manager that has been in your baseball organization for 45 years and now he's the manager look here look here i have so many questions so many questions about the manager himself his family life the community the things he knows about atlanta baseball i mean just think about it he's been with this ball club for 45 years that's a long time and i'm 51 years old that's a long time to be employed by a baseball organization, not by a job, not saying that. I know a lot of people that have been with their 
company and jobs and all that for over 40 years. A whole lot of people in that scenario. But to be a in a sports organization that long, that that that's that's tough. But I don't think the Braves have been caught up in no bullshit scandal or anything like that. They've had a few players get in some trouble with domestic violence, but nothing really, really bad to shame the organization. Now, the nickname of the sports team, that's across Major League Baseball as a whole. They got to figure that thing out. They've already figured out the one that's going on with the Cleveland team. I don't know if this here is going to get changed. And now we're hearing talks about no more tomahawk chalk. So now they come up with the sword move. Going to see if that offends anybody throughout this World Series process. But it's going to be more interesting to me on what people are going to learn about the Braves manager who's been with this organization for 45 years. You talk about impressive. That, my friends, is really, really damn impressive to me, to people the organization that long. Can you imagine the things this guy has seen in baseball and what he knows? 45 years, he has seen every angle of cheating that it was, that has been. He has seen it all. I can't, if he writes a book, I'm getting it. If he writes a book, I'm getting it. If they put this to the movie theater, I wonder who's going to play him. 45 years with one sports organization, that is impressive. And here's another thing. His son is the hitting coach for the Atlanta Braves. Well, watch out now. See, that is what I'm talking about. We're all getting in here together, and we're going to figure this damn thing out as a crew, as a unit, as a team, and as one. Hoorah. There it is. There it is right there. See, that's one of those situations. They need to, instead of doing all these programs where it's putting unrealistic people in these game shows and everything, Remember the average Joe situation? Yeah, that was that was a little fun. I want to take this step a little further. Let's get some real people some shots in in the world of sports. Not playing, but the analytics of the game. What what do you bring into the table that can help a major league baseball team? Go. And you get your little window of opportunity. Submit this to Major League Baseball's specified teams. They take a look at it, see if it's real legitimacy here. You could possibly get a job with a Major League Baseball team. I'm not to my plan for nobody. This is just getting our foot in the door. You got to bring something different to the table other than the X's and the O's, other than just putting stick figures out there. We got to change the whole outlook and complexion of the game. It hasn't changed the strategy of the game. It's the approach to the game is changing to me. You still have to outscore the opponent in a certain amount of time through each and every perspective sport. But now you have so many analytics involved in this, so much streaming, so much footage, so much privacy, the private workout, understanding the positional play and the perspective sport that you play in. I mean, that's real deep. If you don't understand your role in the professional sport that you play in, you've been playing this game your whole life, but now you get to the professional point and actually getting paid for this, and now the student don't want to study no more. You don't want to watch film no more. But you're wondering why we're stuck in this rut. We're not moving up. We're not moving down. We're just stuck right here. It's because the complexity, the complexity of the matter is changing. So we bring these new bloods in here that can show you analytics in a fun way, show you game improvement in a fun way, not the pointing at the board, not the yelling, like the you, 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 you. No. Let's reapproach this. Let me show you 
by this little graph that I've compiled about what you have done, or she, over the past three games, three weeks, whatever it may be. I have a little footage I need you to check out. It's like a homework assignment right there. And on, in that little little brief moment of sports right there, it's going to improve the player. They're not being yelled at. They're not being taught. They're being shown. And that's where we are with a lot of athletes today. The learning tree has definitely curved. The path, your progress, uh, all that has totally changed. It's going to keep changing year after year. We're all not designed the same way. Not everybody wants to go to the gym. Nobody else likes watching game film. Nobody else likes to understand the marketing game. Nobody wants to improve their craft the same way. But if you make this approach more about them than about you, not about the team, but about them, make it about them, make it about the player, the player's progression. If we find people on the outside of all sports, the ones that sit at home, that yell at the TV, that throw the newspaper, that ship with the door open and yell at everybody that's wrong about what the sports columnist just wrote about his favorite player or team. They have a book. They have a, a zip file at home. They have something hidden at home that they have totally broken down their favorite sports team or player. Wouldn't it be great to turn that information over to somebody? Wouldn't it be great? I'm not saying it's me, but what if an opportunity comes out there like that? Because not everybody that's in sports has played. Not everyone that writes about sports is played, but they see a different angle from this thing. And I love getting a different angle, a different perspective on things and getting a positive outfit, output from it. No matter what, the analytics that come in, you're going to compare it to what you already have. But I'm guaranteed the analytics that are coming in are not going to be like totally dismissive. Because everyone has some type of data on how they track their team or their player at home. It's like the fans that dress up at some of these sporting events. I would love to know where you guys buy all this stuff at. I really would. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, at some of these, then you see Santa Claus year-round. Guy with a swimsuit on at, at, at a 49ers game. I mean, the creativity of the fan is out there. So you keep that in mind. You don't think the creativity of the fan is just as the creative fan that wants to help improve his team or player is the same way? I beg the difference. Who's to blame? So I think all sports should reach out in a non-conventional way. Put it this way. You know how everybody was talking shit about video games about 20 years ago? Look how many teams have in installed some type of video game system in a training method to these players to get the understanding. It's still there. It's still there. Don't knock it until you try it. There's nothing wrong with getting on the sticks. Nothing wrong with it. And it's helped out so many people. So many people. I'm just waiting on that opportunity with somebody at home that yells at the TV as much as we all do, that gets a shot at being like an analytics provider or helping a team win a, a, or increase a player's chances, he or she. And then we find out when they get to that pivotal point being a championship. And those are the stories that I love about sports right there. I mean, we all know these, these men and women been playing sports a long time. They've had coaches. They're training to get to the best of their abilities. But when that pause moment happens, when that do I really want to get this moment, when I'm trying to get better moment all happens and we hear the story behind that, it's like a wow moment for me. Like, wow. Okay, I get it. And this is the time we really hear him in baseball. That's why I love the World Series. I don't care if my team is in it or not. Go Cardinals. But the stories that these announcers share 
about these players who don't get a chance to see or hear about every day is just fascinating to me. Fascinating to me. And I wish football did a whole lot more of it. But Major League Baseball sure has a way of bringing the baseball players together. That's all I'm saying right there. With kids and boys and girls of all ages, again, this has been another episode of Who's to Blame, the podcast. And I'm your host, Dre Montez. Thank you to our title sponsor, theweedsquad.com. Again, you can get a complete listing of all the sponsors by visiting www.dremontez.com. There are several ways you can follow our show of Who's to Blame on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And we also do a live streaming show, which can be seen Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And that is on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, as well as TikTok, Trey Montez 63. So there's all kind of platforms that we're out there on with our live stream, as well as with our podcast. So there's something out there for your listening pleasure, no matter where you may be. But this is the best time to be a sports fan right here. This definitely is. Thank you all again for the birthday wishes. We just turned 5-1 last week. I'd like to thank you all. That was pretty cool. Pretty, pretty damn cool. So now it's time to get ready. Time to get ready for the most important few weeks in sports here as we get closer and closer to figure out this college football situation when it comes to the Bowl rankings and playoff pitchers and destinations of all these teams. Will Ugga survive the largest outdoor cocktail party? Me being a Florida football Gator fan, I can't explain it or put it to no other better way. I've been to two of those games down there in Jacksonville, and we split. Won one and lost one. I don't think we're the better team coming in this, but strange things happen with college kids on the weekends because you never know what's going on in their world. So be careful. If Ugga wins this, it would not be a shocker to me. Just don't shut us out. That's all I'm saying. Don't shut us out. But thank you again for tuning into this show. And until next time, kids, we'll talk to you later. And thanks again for listening to Who's to Blame, the podcast.